Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 514. How are you all? I'm joined today by Barmer, and this is someone that I'm a huge fan of. His his notoriety is mainly on Twitch, so a lot of you won't be f- f- familiar, but you're about to fall in love with a wonderful human here. And if you're not a gamer or Twitch streamer, don't don't worry, that's not what we're here to talk about in large. One of the main reasons I wanted to get Barmer on is the journey he's gone on as a parent of an autistic child um, and trying to n- navigate the additional needs that their child may have for socialising, for, for education, for all of these things. And it just, this conversation exceeded all expectation. Um, as said, I'm already madly in love with Barmer um, <laughs> and that only strengthened through this conversation so I think you're going to enjoy it uh, we do also talk about Twitch but I promise you it's in an inclusive manner so you won't suddenly go what you will briefly at points but we exp- I, at any time you think you're going what give it like five ten minutes and I'll kind of bring you back in I, I, I was aware every time I started to go off down a rabbit hole on this one I know I'm not always aware but on this one I was aware so I think you're in for a treat and I'd really like it if you share this far and wide We've had some great episodes recently that really sum up what Distraction Pieces is about. Like last week with Florence and Reed, a few weeks before with Anna Bogutskia, just podcasts where you might not already be aware of this person, but man, the conversation is going to make you very much aware of them and very much intrigued by them. And they're the really important ones. Also, we also have big names like James Acaster on the week before last who, you know, that's always going to be a great episode. And John Kearns, who was on Taskmaster. Loads of amazing people. But yeah, I'm so focused now on the importance of making sure, you know, I'm over over 500 episodes in. At any point, I could stop this and go, good work. <laughs> you've, 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 you've put in a shift. But I need to make sure that I'm continuing to focus on having conversations I'm excited to have. And you'll hear that in all the episodes I've mentioned, in all the episodes I do. That's that. That's the only reason I agreed to do them. It's because I'm excited to have them. It's why I sometimes interrupt people and get overexcited, and that annoys people. But because it's an excited conversation, I'm going, "Oh my god, yeah, 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 I get it." So yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Balmer is fantastic. The work he does on Twitch is fantastic, but his day to day life is fantastic as well and fascinating. So. I hope you enjoy this. As ever, we're brought to you by Speech of Element. Records.com, that's where you can buy all my merch. Um, and patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip is where you can support the podcast too. The Patreon got a bit of a preview of a thing that I released recently. I've not talked about that. I, re- I kind of released a new song recently. Kind of. It's on YouTube. Go and have a look. It's not a big deal. But yeah, Patreon is where you can support and often get sneak previews on stuff, but just generally just support. So it's only a dollar a month or whatever. So head over if you fancy some of that. But otherwise, get comfortable because this is episode 514 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Barmer. I'm here today with Barmer. How are you, sir? I'm very nervous, but I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much for asking for me to be here. Mate, I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> um, I know I've had to kind of 
strong arm you onto the podcast a little bit because you were a bit nervous and weren't sure. But um, yeah, it's going to be a lovely time. I, pr- I promise you. So just relax, and it'll relax. be it'll all be wonderful. Thank you. There's loads I want to talk to you about because I mean I've said it so much; it's almost become a bit. But I genuinely think you're the best streamer in the world. Um, and That's a ridiculous I, comment. That's I, a ridiculous I, comment. I, I say that with a smile because <laughs> obviously there's streamers that are bigger and earning millions. But I genuinely think the content the, that you create, the community that you create is a wonderful thing. So, so, so I want to talk a load about that. But one of the things that you m- mention every now and then and talk about really beautifully on your streams is parenting a child with specific education needs and, yeah. and and things like that. So I thought that'd be a perfect place to kind of start and talk about. Because obviously, as soon as we go onto the Twitch, we're going to have to explain a lot to my listeners because there's a lot of people that are going to be going, what the fuck is Rust? What the fuck is Twitch? But we'll do all of that in a bit. But this bit, I feel, is is kind of the most important bit. And one of the reasons I was like, I really wanted to push you to come and chat when you were comfortable to. So not wanting to say any wrong terms or anything. Can you kind of explain your parenting uh, situation and, yeah, and let me know? Yeah, so I have, I've got three children. Mm -hmm. My eldest son has autism. Mm -hmm. He's autistic, is is, is the phrase that we prefer to use. Yeah. Um, That he's he's an autistic child. If you ask when he was diagnosed, that was two years ago, but if you ask when we knew, it was basically from the moment he was born. Yeah. Um, so he had quite a difficult delivery, which is a common thing for autistic children. He had a difficult delivery. He had to be um, delivered using forceps. Mm-hmm. And he just always seemed a little bit kind of lost. And th- the moment that we 100% knew that we there was additional needs that we were going to have to look into is... So when, when you have a child, there's so many like services that get involved and so many people who come yeah. and like, visit... And we had an assessment where the, all they were doing is they were just coming to check to make sure he was hitting the milestones he should be hitting. Um, so they just said, we're going to be looking to see if he can point, if he can wave, just all the basic stuff. And as soon as they said the basic stuff, and we knew he wasn't doing any of those things, yeah, it started to ring alarm bells for us, definitely. Of course, that's completely understandable. Again, it's <laughs> it's terms and language, isn't it? It's it, it, it is. it's weird stuff like that. So learning that that's the basic stuff, and that was your first child as well, right? Yeah. So you don't know what the basic stuff is, so that was probably I can imagine. I can tell why that would have stuck in your head because that sentence would have been the moment that you go, "All right, is that what we're meant to be keeping an eye out for, or or meant to be doing?" And of course, when you first hear that your child is behind in their milestones and it's your first child, you blame yourself straight away. Of course, because you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. No, but the, like, the, I know it's, it's something that's said a lot, but there is no guide to how mm. to parent children. And there's especially no guide on how to parent children with additional needs. Yeah. And this was our first child. We didn't know what we were doing to begin with. And then to have this extra kind of pressure of, well, He's not hitting any milestones whatsoever. Have you been doing this, this, and this? Mm. It was 
it, we had to blame ourselves because we didn't understand anything that was happening. Obviously, the more medical professionals we got in contact with, the more we started to realise that it wasn't a case of, oh, he's just delayed. It was a case of he's, he has additional needs. Mm-hmm. So we contacted, the first service we were in contact with was a speech and language service who came to try and get us to get him to start communicating with us. And at the end of that first session, he waved goodbye to the person who came to oh, help wow. us. And we were in tears, like all, all three of us, the, the person who'd come over, we were all just yeah. in tears. The services that are available are absolutely crucial. The mm. biggest problem is you can't get access to them as much as you want. It's, yeah. it's a horrible situation that the country's in at the minute. And again, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, speech and communication stuff is stuff that I had a lot of as a kid, like gr- growing up with a... Stammer, still having a stammer. But when I was a kid, they weren't great. They were very yeah. much trying to fix your broken child rather than trying to learn about your child and learn about how they're going to communicate and things things like, like this. It's why my parents stopped it, because they were like, well, he's not broken. Like I don't yeah. like this attitude of we're trying to fix something that's broken. I want to make things as easy for him as possible and help, yeah, solve any problems that are there. But the attitude back then was so much, here's our methods to make your child normal. And they were, and my parents beautifully were like, we don't want our child to be normal. Fuck off. He's he's <laughs> our child kind of thing. So yeah, and it, it's beautiful that that seems to have changed now. And it is more focused on trying to find what your child's needs are, additional needs are, and trying to find what the hurdles that we're maybe naturally accidentally putting in front of them are. And how we can remove them and make, you know, all of that develop, particularly at a developmental stage, all of that development happen as easily as possible and as smoothly as possible, right? Absolutely. So like one of the biggest things at the moment is there is like a kind of a split in the community of, uh, you've probably seen it, you know, the jigsaw piece that Mm -hmm. often gets shown there's kind of a pushback against that at the moment. And I agree with the pushback because what it's trying to say is it's trying to mold your child to fit in a neurodiverse world, which yeah. it shouldn't be. So if, if you've got a triangle peg, don't try and shove it into a square hole. Mm-hmm. Make the hole a triangle so yeah. that it all fits yeah. together. Like, yeah. like mold the world around the child. Don't mold the child to fit into the world. And that is something we're really, really, really trying to do with all of the teachers we ever speak to, with anybody who ever comes into contact with him. We're saying, he is the way he is. Do not try and change him. Make him comfortable. Make him happy. Mm. That's all we want. And and, so. and and the fact is, when you find that triangle-shaped hole, it's been l- looking for a triangle as well. It's not putting anyone yeah. out. It's not awkward. It's the perfect thing. Blind Boy speaks beautifully on this. A Blind Boy Boat Club um, of the Rubber Bandits, when he was diagnosed with his, his different levels of neurodivergence, it was really eye-opening for him because he realised that when he worked in offices... It wasn't that he was a bad worker or that he was this or that he was that. It was just that, to use your analogy there, he was a triangle in a square area. Yeah. And and when he moved into the arts, he's had amazing success in music, on in TV, in podcasts and all these things because the way his mind works allows him to do stuff that no one else could do. Do you know what I mean? It, it allows him to be this amazing creative and and that's a positive. And you're right on the, the finding the right atmosphere and and not trying to force a triangle into a square. I remember when I had a Tourette's hero on, Jess, who's got Tourette's and is an amazing speaker and artist and all sorts of other things. 
And they spoke about the amount of people who look at her wheelchair and say, um, oh, that must be tough. That must be restrictive. And they kind of say to them, no, no, this is freedom. The world is restrictive. All the bits of the world that aren't right and aren't made accessible, that's restrictive. The chair, the bit that you see as a restriction, this is my absolute freedom and it's a beautiful thing. So it's changing those outlooks and perspectives and finding how we can make everything as accessible as possible. Or as said on your part or your child's part, finding the right path that is perfect for them, that hasn't got steps and so on. It's like, again, I'm getting all metaphorical. We're going to get lost in all these metaphors soon. But yeah, finding that path that they can flourish rather than just get by as such. Absolutely. And like, so in my experience with him, when he was first going into childcare, so he went to a nursery that was quite close by. We only put him in it because it was close by and we just thought it's convenient. We explained all his needs. They said they could meet them. They didn't. It was a big problem. He wasn't happy there at all. So we moved him after like, we we explored like a bunch of different places and we found one that we thought he might fit in well. And they said that they've had experience with um, autistic children before. So like, they know what to expect. And he grew so much so quickly in that environment wow. just because they knew how to handle him. They knew how to kind of build the classroom, build learning around him rather than trying to push him into this place yeah. that he doesn't belong. And he, he they, they fell in love with him. Like that's something that we've always said about James is everybody who meets him, when they give him a chance and they, and they just try and learn about him, they fall in love with him because he's the sweetest kid you've ever met. And he's so honest and i know that can be like a bit of a, a stereotype for for autism is yeah. that there's this blunt honesty but you also just get these pure emotions of when he's happy to see you there's no pageantry to it he's genuinely like his body will express how happy he is yeah. to see you yeah and it's it's beautiful there is nothing that warms my heart more than like having not seen him for a couple of hours and have him be excited to see me again i love it how how, how was that to find the right place for your child and to see other people see your child like see your see the child that you see not this problem to solve how was that to kind of have them go all right this it makes sense i don't think you realize how much it affects you until the problem is solved yeah because it was one of those things where as soon as we knew he was happy and we felt like he was in a safe environment everything just felt better. Like the day's stress just didn't matter because you knew your child was safe. You knew that like, no matter how bad your day's going, theirs isn't. And that's Mm -hmm. perfect. But you didn't realize how much you were worrying about them constantly because it never leaves Mm. your mind. If you think your child's not in a place that's the best for them, you can't forget it. Mm. Like that's all you're going to be thinking about for that whole time. So I can't, I can't describe the feeling of like well enough. It's the closest to perfection I've ever felt is just seeing him come out of a a learning environment happy and excited to go back. It was, we never thought we'd get there. And Mm. they told us that they thought he'd never be able to speak. He will not stop talking now. Like he will not, (laughs) he will explain to you about his favorite Roblox character till the moment he wakes up, till the moment he goes to sleep. It's incredible. He's, he's absolutely flourished in a, in a positive environment and I couldn't be happier for him. I love it. And and how have you found looking out for your own mental health in these in in this period, I guess? Because almost every couple to a T that I know who've had children, number one, at some point have either come close to s- separating or just having a breakdown, 
because they've had children. And it's it's amazingly it does things to your your mental health. Yeah. Or number two, have just as I said, have just struggled massively and not felt they can talk about it, not had people to share this with. I've 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 reconnected with a couple of friends recently who've had kids since I last spoke to them. And it was heartbreaking to hear how hard it was for them, whether it be not feeling an immediate connection, not feeling they're a good parent or not doing the the right thing. That must be magnified when there's extra needs involved in this situation. And as said, you can't just go, oh, here's the the nursery around the corner. That's going to help. No, that's not as simple as that. You're then feeling like you're offloading them into a in, into yeah. a bad place. So yeah, how how have you kind of coped in all of that, and how have you looked after yourself? Not very well, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to begin with, it was one of those things of you kind of see the future as soon as you realise that you're not going to have the the typical kind of parent child relationship. The what ifs all just start flying into your brain, and it's very unhealthy. And it sh- I wish it didn't happen, but I think it's impossible for anybody to not. So, especially when they told us he'd never speak, I just thought, like, I'm never going to hear my son tell me he loves me, and like mm. that yeah. was heartbreaking. Yeah. Thinking about like how is he going to function in this world? Because as much as I want to say the world's changing and it's getting better for him, it's not perfect. It's not, and it, I, I don't think it's ever going to be. Perfect. That's a concern for all parents, I think, in the way yeah. the world is at the moment. So again, 100%. I can only imagine how that's magnified when there's extra potential hurdles. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it, it it was really difficult. And the the biggest problem is, obviously, you, you, your children take priority. So whilst me and my wife were suffering with, with trying to deal with all of this, you just push it to the back because mm. there's other, there's, there's more important things you need doing. Um, so me and my wife have been together since we were, I think we were like 14. I think it's been like 17 years we've been together. We've been married around seven years now. And earlier this year, we've separated. And it's come at a time where, so we finally got the kind of, not permission, I don't really know what the right word is, the the authorization, the 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 ability to get him into a specialized school now, mm-hmm. which is going to be completely tailored to him. Amazing. So we have like that worries kind of lifted and we've been able to take time to kind of look at our lives and been like, we've kind of just been on pause for the yeah. last six years. Yeah. And we're different people. And it's it's difficult separating when there hasn't been this like big event. It's not like I can look at something and say, this is the reason we've split up. It's literally yeah. her feelings have changed. And what yeah. can I do about that? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's something I'm kind of dealing with at the moment. It's not a hundred percent done forever kind of thing. It's just uh we've agreed to separate and see how yeah what kind of path we can get our lives on. And of course, it's it's mind blowing that we as a species have spent so long kind of expecting people to just get by with all of the insane things going on in our lives and in the world. It's why I bang on all the time on here about people going to therapy or talking to the Samaritans or talking to Calm or talking to numerous other people because there's so much that is so hard in our lives. So again, it's completely unsaid. Once again, like we, we won't talk any further on your relationship because that's not that's not what we're here to... I'm not here to dig into that. But any relationship over a long period, you're going to change a lot. You're going to evolve a lot. It may work out that you evolve in the right way together it may work out that you don't. It may work out that you need 
a period apart to realise this, all of these things. Add children into that mix and you're evolving, you know, as you say, with yourselves on pause because you're, you're, everything about your evolution in that period is keeping these small humans alive. And, <laughs> and that's a mad thing. I've only spoken about James. There's two others. <laughs> There's yeah. Alice and Violet as well. Yeah, and yeah. like they come with their own vices and, and, and personalities and, and, you know, parental issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and I, it, it's pointless me saying it because it's obvious, but there is nothing in my life that means more than them three. You can see me yeah. looking down because I've got a little picture of the three of them here. Yeah. I just the whole time I've just been staring at it. One of them popped up on one of your streams a little while ago, and my heart absolutely melted because it's a weird thing. It's one of the things I'm we're going to talk about when we get into Twitch because it's so weird that there's people I've watched hours and hours of, and I re- I'll realize I don't know what their life is outside of this screen at all. I don't know yeah. what jobs they have. Particularly, there was a period where there was a lot of of, of late night streamers. And I'd start to, like, me and Ad would talk about this, kind of like, I wonder what they do, because how are they up all night doing this? And like, I'm tired, I need to go to bed, and things like that. So it's so, it can be such a beautiful thing when a little bit of IRL barmer sneaks into yeah. stream barmer and, and, and your child pops in. And again, that, that obviously that love and adoration was, was as clear as anything and poured out the screen. So, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. No, and I agree with that. There is like it, it's so strange sometimes sharing that kind of stuff because yeah. you always feel like you need an internet persona. It needs to be different. Yeah. And then when you kind of, of break that barrier down a little bit, and you're like, "Here's a, here's one of the most important things of my in my life. Have yeah. a look." Yeah. It's strange. It's strange. Yeah. Uh, but I liked doing it because these are people I've spoken to every single day for the past year. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of just like, "Here, learn a little bit more about me." Here's my life. Yeah, that's what this, this is about as well. I think this is why I was so nervous for doing this. It's yeah. just a, a big open window, isn't it? Yeah. But again, it's, 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 it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big advocate on the, the way to be open and honest about important things, like y- y- you speaking about r- raising an autistic child and the, the, and the challenges. And I want to talk a little bit more about the challenges basically put in place by our government and our country and where we are at the moment. But you talking about that is really important and the way to be able to speak openly about things is to have control over what you speak openly about and when and where you speak openly about it. Like, I've got yeah. so much stuff I'm so private about, but it means that when I'm talking about losing a friend to suicide, I can be really open and really pour everything out there. But it's but, but the only way I can... Or when I'm speaking about, like, campaigning about st- st- stammers and that, always on cue. Why can't I say the word st- st- stammer? That's... <laughs> such a trolling move um it means i can speak honestly about them because i've got the stuff that i can keep private and uh and, and keep to myself so again i'm glad you've known at least that this is a safe space to talk about what you want and not talk about what you don't want but let's talk a little bit about the restrictions and how hard it was because i know there was a period where you touched upon it a few times on stream and i think it was because it was hard not to that you were finding it so hard to find the right place for your child, the right support for your child. How's that been? And what have been kind of the, the the annoyances there, I guess? So the journey was, he went from the nursery that was just around the corner that wasn't great to, to the nursery that was like tailored for him. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of that, 
we had to start thinking about primary schools and we wanted to send him to a, to a, a special educational school. Like mm-hmm. we felt like that's exactly where he needed to go. We couldn't see him just sat in a normal classroom, like mm-hmm. just being forced to do regular lessons. Like he needs things that are, are built around him. We had um, meetings with like the head of the Senko for the whole of Wigan. Um, I won't, obviously won't mention any names. And they advised us that if we wanted to get him into a specialized school, we would have to be so incredibly lucky because the way it works at the moment is there has to be, I think they use the word cohort of needs for that mm. class. So if the majority of people applying for specialized schools have a certain type of disability, then that is what that class will then be geared towards. And at the moment, there are so many autistic kids that are just not having their needs met that the amount of applications they get, I think it's three in 10 get in. That's mad. It is. How have they forced proportional representation into schools as well as into our voting system? Exactly. It's the worst thing in our voting system because it doesn't represent or help a huge percentage of those involved. And that sounds exactly what it's done here kind of thing. It's like, well, yes, there's 40% who need these things, but there's 60% that need this. So fuck the 40% essentially. Or I, yeah. That that's exactly what it and, and like it's incredible for those three kids that get in. Incredible. Yeah. But for the seven that don't, like was so 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 eventually I'll I'll get to the I'll I'll say the good part now is we've we've reapplied and we have got him into a specialized school. We don't right. know which one yet. We don't get to decide. They tell us that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> which I suppose is a good and bad thing because it also means that they're, they're having a discussion about his needs and they'll put him in whichever one they feel in is the best, best one. Yeah, that's so great. We'll, we'll we have nothing but confidence that they're going to pick the best one. Hopefully. Yeah. But to be told that he has to go to a mainstream school now and basically just find one that's going to help. So my wife fortunately worked in a primary school. So we thought that'd be the best one because there can't be any kind of sneakiness. We'll know everything that's going on. They Mm -hmm. can't lie to us and say he's thriving if he's not, because we'll see it. He was suspended within the first week for what they said was attacking a teacher. And what it was is he slapped their hand away because they were trying to tell him to put his I think he's put his jumper back on mm-hmm. and he slapped the hand away so he got suspended for a week for that in reception now I, I like absolutely keep your staff safe keep yeah. your staff safe but a four-year-old moving your hand away because he has needs and you're not respecting those needs and then to exclude him from learning and from his friends and from his mother because you're not meeting those needs. Just, yeah. it was disgusting. It was really disgusting. Yeah, that's appalling, isn't it? It's, it seems, in any situation, that doesn't seem like, uh, or that seems like a massive overreaction to to jump straight in and go, right, there you go. That's, yeah. So we had loads of meetings with them. And I think once we started to look into like kind of legislation and stuff, it did seem exclusionary. And as soon as we started to mention that, their attitudes completely changed because I think they realised that they were in the wrong. Yeah. Um, And they brought in new one-to-ones to to kind of focus with him. And he's doing better. Not good, Mm -hmm. but he's doing better. Uh, But like I said, we've got got him into a specialised school now. We're just waiting for that final bit. But we know for a fact there are other people in his class um, that have similar needs and and they're not going to these specialized schools. They're going to be stuck into this mainstream system now, which it's not catered for them. It's not helping them. They're just going to fall further and further and further behind. 
Of course. Yeah, that's that's just obviously they're complex situations, right? I can understand that it's a complex thing. You need to get the right balance in the classrooms or whatever else. But it, the fact that they're literally, yeah, turn around and say, no, there's no room for you in this. There's no yeah. room for you in this area. You need to just go and figure it out yourselves is, yeah, that's outrageous. And that's exactly what they said. They said, we can't get him into a specialised school. It'll have to be a mainstream one. So we were expecting like, right, okay, so what are your recommendations for mainstream for autistic child? And they were just like, just have a look around, see which one fits best. How are we supposed to know just from a visit? And again. The bittersweet part of the good news of the fact that he has got in somewhere probably means there's some kids who haven't. Do you know what I mean? Because their needs are different. So because of the way it works, you've lucked out that this happens to have got in this period where there's some other kids with similar needs, therefore it will slot in. But yeah, that's crazy. And the lack of guidance and help there as well. Yeah, that's the first thing we thought as well, is as soon as they said that he was in, we just thought, well, that's some other family who's probably getting this news today that's just breaking their heart as well it's it's not right it's not right there's like next to no funding for the special education system Mm. um and it's showing everywhere um, and something needs to change and unfortunately i can't change it and i don't know how to change it so all i do is just talk about how hard this journey's been and yes Mm. it's got a happy ending now but that's a rare occurrence yeah. especially from seeing other families because we've met so many other f- families with with kids that are absolutely thriving now mm-hmm. and kids that are not. And it's nothing to do with the parenting styles. It's nothing to do with, with opportunities they've been given. It's absolutely down to the fact that there is no funding at the moment to get these kids into a position they need to be in. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, it needs to change. Um, well, I mean... There's no real segue to go over to Twitch streaming now, but I'll, so I'll just I'll just do a handbrake turn. Well, there kind of is actually because one of the things I want to know when you started streaming and what your journey was because I'll talk about my journey of finding you. I found you through Lemmy's Rust server and would explain all of that in a bit. And I started watching you, and I think I told you the first time you came into my streams you've been a really key part in helping me make the kind of adjustment of inclusivity in language. So referring to kind of everyone as the they, them as a default until I learn otherwise. And again, it's weird. You just watch things and it can be a really positive thing. I think you've got a beautiful, inclusive community. And I'm instantly thinking there's going to be some listeners who are going, oh, fucking hell, it's all, it's confusing. (laughs) But like... I was speaking to Ad, who's a, another streamer that we know earlier, and they were saying, or yesterday, they were saying, I, I was speaking to them on WhatsApp, and they were saying that um, they were going to stream. And that's got nothing to do with this, but I just referred to them as they, them throughout all of that, and it didn't feel weird or strange. It wasn't uncomfortable. So anyone who's thinking this is, it's the media that has told people that this is a really hard thing to get your heads around, and it's awkward. Yeah. And there will be mistakes as well. I think Jess, Tourette's hero, who are a referred to earlier I think they go by they them now and at one point I said she it wasn't intentional there will be mistakes Jess won't be angry at that because they will know that you know my intent there but when did you get into streaming and how important was it from the offset to make your community welcoming and and friendly I guess because that's the vibe that just oozes out of the everyone in your chat 
and you as a presence on stream? So the the journey for Twitch streaming really started with Rust, but it didn't start with Limmy's Rust. There was right. you've probably heard of all the controversy regarding Rust 1.0 when yeah. the community tried it the first time. So I was involved in that. I was an absolute nobody. Nobody knew who I was. I was just a guy just on the server. And I just started doing weird stuff. So everybody else was out there killing each other. And I just made a little house that if you came in, I chased you around with a chainsaw. Um, it was different. Uh, I mean, we, <laughs> we should explain quickly. Rust is basically a game where you can... The, the beauty of it is you can do kind of anything. You you're, yeah. you wake up on a beach n- naked, you're on an island, and that's where it starts. If you want to build a house, then you need to knock down some trees. If you want to eat, then you need to catch something or plant something or find something. If you want to drink, and so on and so forth. But... Obviously, because of... So it's like Minecraft, but for horrible people. Because yeah. what tends to end up happening is everyone ends up killing each other and fighting. It's yeah. a real good representation of the Earth. But the beauty of the openness of it is you can be so creative and do absolutely anything you want. As I said, while everyone else is fighting over land, you could just build a little hut where if anyone comes in, you chase them with a chainsaw. You can do things like that. And we'll get into more of the creative builds as well. But so yeah, that is Rust for those who are, are wondering. I know a lot of people who aren't into computer games go, oh, I don't understand that. It's like, it's not complicated. It's okay. And you don't have to understand it f- if fully to understand this conversation. But yeah, there's a, a quick brief explanation of Rust. Yeah, and this was like an exclusive server as well. So there was only people who kind of had a general community in this service. So it wasn't strangers. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was strangers, but it was, you, you kind of, they already had an okay, if yeah. you know what I mean. There was no yeah. really bad people. Um, so that's how it started. I got a little bit of attention doing that. People would like message me saying that was fun. Then I started getting into some of the role play servers. So for, if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's like you play an online game as a character, but you just pretend to be that character. Yeah. Um, and I pretended to be a little tiny cannibal guy called Little Tibbles. Um, who who was a chef. <laughs> he was a reformed cannibal who just wanted to make biscuits, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and people really seemed to like that character and he got quite a lot of attention on Roscoe, who, who, Roscoe McKellen, who's a Scottish comedian, yeah. on their stream. Um, and I put a lot of credit with Roscoe for giving me a chance to kind of show off because he, he kind of shared his platform with me quite Brilliant. a bit. He gave me that opportunity. He, he saw some, he said it all the time. He said he saw that like I had a, an okay-ish vibe and he gave me the opportunity to kind of be funny on his stream. So you weren't streaming at that point, right? No, 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 so no. So you no, were no. just playing this game online, but he was playing it and streaming. So you yeah. were essentially guesting on his channel. If, yeah. if he came over and played with you in Rust, you're on his his channel then. So yeah. I was a side character in his stories. Amazing. Which, which giving me that opportunity was incredible. So that when I did decide to start streaming, I already had a little bit of attention already. Like there were some people who were like, oh, I know who Barmer is. He's the Mm. guy who was on Roscoe's stream a little bit. That is quite a rare occurrence, I think, to start streaming with a little bit of an audience. Yeah. And that helped a lot. So so I got into Limmy's Rust server, no intention to stream it whatsoever. And and for anyone, just quickly, if you're not familiar with Limmy, he's a Scottish comedian. I did a two-part episode with him on here a few years back, so go back and listen to that. But he's also the person that got me into Twitch and streaming and all of that, because I just got obsessed with you guys on on, on Limmy's Rust server. So yeah, you, Lemmy started his server and you joined that, right? Yeah, so I joined that, and on the first night, 
Marilyn Robertson, who, let me give a shout out to Marilyn Robertson from Absolutely. Shetland. I, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, but 100% the most unique person I've ever spoken to in my entire life. Couldn't the, agree more. The, the humour, the personality, everything is just absolutely fantastic. And again, another one, Marilyn and Roscoe are both established comedians, touring comedians. You can catch them live. You can watch their material online. So this isn't simply a shout out of Twitch streamers if you don't know yeah. what Twitch is. It's like <laughs> these are real world people that you can enjoy their, their art and creativity as well. I think Marilyn's doing a tour of their new Fringe show, like a preview of their new Fringe show. So if you're yeah. in Scotland and you wish to see that, just give them a quick search and have a look. And and their Fringe show last year was one of the best things I saw up at the Fringe. So yeah, hearty recommendations all around here. Five-star reviewed show, if I remember rightly. Um, Five-star right. reviewed, which is incredible. Um, so Marilyn came up to me on the first night and said, Barma, I'm starting a cult in rust and <laughs> i'm playing the moon and i need you to be the sun and like immediately i was like yes that's that fits okay that fits, ex- <laughs> that fits exactly what I, I would like to do in this server cool uh, and we built our little community and it's entirely look that i i logged in on the morning popped my head over the wall saw somebody building a little house next door and i said hello who's that and it just happened to be limmy so again, what's happening here as well is Lemmy is a very successful streamer who has thousands of people in his stream at all times. So again, you then became a, a, a side character in Lemmy's story as his his friendly next door neighbour who's b- building a commune and, you know, would give him food every now and then, would help him out with some stuff that he needs. And yeah, that's that's how I was introduced to you, was you popping over that fence. And again, for anyone who's finding any of this intriguing, on YouTube, there is a playlist of kind of highlights from Limmy's Rust server, and I can't recommend it enough. There's so many people in there that, yeah, I've, I've watched that playlist multiple times, and yeah, it was a hell of an era. So there was people like, he, he'd meet like 40, 50 people every day, and every yeah. single one of them would try and kill him. Yeah. And I thought, just be nice to the guy. Give him a yeah. chance to chat. Yeah. And I feel like that's what made me stand out a little bit. I was the only person who was nice to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so I got a little bit more It's a beautiful moment when there was just a confusion of you both thought you were talking to each other and you weren't. And then he just paused and said, I just want to say, I'm really glad you're my neighbour. And you're, yeah. you're just like, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. It's just so wholesome. It's because like, like obviously he has no... <laughs> clue whatsoever who I am but I've been like a huge fan of his for ages so for him to just take the time out to be like I'm glad you're my neighbour in this make-believe world it just yeah. like it made me just go oh thank you so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, we, we planned this big event for the night where we were going to invite everybody down to, for a dinner at the cult and then what happened was we had a bunch of explosives on the floor so that as everybody was eating the floor gave out and they all fell onto spikes yeah. and I thought I want to stream this and for anyone, for anyone who's not familiar, this is a legendary moment in Rust on this stream. This is the plane crash in Emmerdale. This is the red wedding in Game of Thrones. This is like this was such a moment because it was sold so beautifully, and people were suspicious, sure, but no yeah. one quite knew what was to, to, to come. And as you say, it was a big old trap. Everyone f- fell onto spikes. And you decided to stream that, right? Yeah, because I wanted to capture it because I'd had so many rust moments, so many like of these, like like I said, as little tibbles moments that I can just never look back on. Mm. And I just thought, this is one I want to save. So I streamed it. 
there was a couple of people in the chat. I didn't announce, do a big announcement or anything, whatever. And then Limmy, the day after, in front of about 3,000, however many people were watching him, just played the clip. Right, and wow. my follower count went up about 600 people. Yeah. And then I streamed that day and he raided me and my follower count went up another 1,000 people. Yeah. And I've been riding that wave since. <laughs> it's the beauty of that community, though. And yeah, I think you went on... We're going to have to move on from Rust, otherwise... Because as you know, I could talk about this for hours on end. Yeah. My excitement, the reason I started streaming was watching you guys on the Rust server, knowing Lemmy a little bit. But I'm the same. I'm just a fan. I just happened yeah. to have him on the podcast and we kind of got on well and continued talking over the years. So I, I tweeted about it a few times, I think. And he said to me, like, if you ever want to j- j- join, you can. And that made me go, shall I become a Twitch streamer? <laughs> and literally <laughs> in a two-week period, I got my all my kit together. I learned how to stream and started streaming Rust. Now, you touched upon the problems in the first server. Rust is a, is a game that because of the freedom of it, there will always end up being clashes in how people want to play and what people want to do, clashes in personalities. Even Absolutely. if it's a private server, there will be people who are good people, but just don't get, get on. I've had numerous situations where I've watched and gone, I understand why this is a drama, but I think b- both sides of it are good people. And it's a really weird thing to... I understand why that person hates that person, but I love both of them, and I think they're both good people. But it's it's that kind of situation. It's throwing people into this world. So, yeah. Before the Rust server got shut down and came to an end, and I've never returned to Rust really since then. No, on someone else's server, I popped on briefly and I caught you in my porch. But that's all I've done. In, um, <laughs> in, in I remember that in, in, in Rust. <laughs> since but just some of the builds that you did again i want to just give people an idea of what this weird game is and and shout some other people out so walls built jurassic park in rust yeah built incredible he, he walled off a whole island and had fake dinosaurs on her and all this kind of thing. i remember there was a period where i struggled to get much done because you were streaming a lot and everyone you were in the team with was streaming a lot when you were building Coronation Street in Rust and role-playing characters. So anytime anyone popped by, this was before I'd started. Was it before I joined? It might have been just after I joined. But yeah, just building Coronation Street and and anytime anyone popped by, you'd all be in character um, as different characters from Coronation Street. So So I hated that. That was not my idea and I hated it from the beginning to end, but I'm so glad we did it because it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so mad. It was absolutely, absolutely bonkers. And Hughesy needs to get a, a, a shout out because yeah. he was someone who played a lot in the original ones I was watching with you, part of your kind of commune, and then wasn't around much. And then you did a thing where there was this big head. Big talking head. That We could do a podcast just on the head. There was a big talking <laughs> head and it was all this... <laughs> silly thing it was a house it was kind of a fun house thing that was this big talking head and the stream that you did that kind of brought that to an end is genuinely one of the most emotional bits of TV I always refer to it as TV I've watched in years and when Husey came back then because Husey hadn't been in it for a long time yeah. when he appeared in a, at a certain moment I was genuinely like how are these idiots 
getting <laughs> emotional. How is this? And and why can I n- never talk about anyone talk about this with anyone else? Because it's too hard to explain. Because there's fucking three months of law here that, yeah. that that explains why it was emotional when you raised a door and there was a spaceman there and he had a f- f- football that it meant the world to me. It's yeah, it's it's crazy and and wonderful, but. It is, and it, 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 I will never, ever, ever forget those like four months playing that stupid, dumb game with those stupid, dumb people. Yeah. It was incredible. It can never be replicated. I think I've told you before, when I first met you there, I thought you were like a, a fan account. Right. I didn't realize it was actually you. <laughs> That's amazing, because I know that when we met, I, I was the one excited to uh, uh, to meet you, because again, I'd watched all of you guys. I had that with numerous people. I remember me and Husey meeting and then standing really awkwardly because neither of us knew what to say because I was like it's fucking Husey (laughs) (laughs) um, incredible (laughs) speaking on on the on the role play thing the the other thing I have to talk about because again it's why I'm going to keep saying it and making you blush it's why I think you're the best streamer in the world but there's a lot of people I enjoyed in 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 Rust right and then when they've, they've they've gone on to play other things it's not my cup of tea. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not because they're a bad streamer or anything, but there's a lot of people yeah. I watched a lot then that I don't watch so much now. And you went over to, to a Grand Theft Auto roleplay server called Quiet City, put together by Paige, is it? Is it? It is, yeah, yeah, Paige. And I went over and watched a bit of that. And honestly, it's some of the best, again, TV in recent history. Me and my brother would be updating each other on it on, on what we've missed I would you'd be doing late night I'd watch as late as I could go and then in the morning while I'm doing things I'd have to catch up on on what I missed so to explain this Grand Theft Auto is a very well-known game with crime and murder and all sorts but if you do a role play server you're in there with again similar to Rust it's a private server but, but there's a load of other people from the community in there playing characters and you've played three of the best the, the best characters I've ever seen. Rub and Tenpenny are the ones that really just hold yeah. my heart. So, so Rub Barmer was, you know, you have have a go he- heroes. He's a have a go criminal. Yeah, he tried his best. <laughs> he tried his very best. He wasn't great at it, but he really tried. Um, and Tenpenny <laughs> was the chief of police for two weeks, only for two weeks. Really? Yeah, that seems insane. It that does, seems absolutely it? insane. So. <laughs> Again, I'm going to give a little flag here that both of those stories, I believe, are up on YouTube. So people can go through and watch, I mean, probably hundreds of hours of these characters. But talk to me a little bit about it, because it would blow my mind how you and everyone else in there, Brat, New Lisa Life, so many other people, would go on often with not much planned and just, you're going to stick to your character and see what happens. And then the most insane stories would play out, the most insane dramas would play out. How was that from your end to kind of, to go in, or how much did you, I guess, plan in advance and how much was, let's see what happens? So in terms of, I'll I'll speak about Tenpenny first. So Mm -hmm. I made him the chief of police um, with the full intention for him to lose that job as quick as possible. It was, I wanted to get in there. I wanted to make sure that the police had the right vibe, that they weren't going in there on a power trip. They weren't going in there And it would turn into the Stanford experiment where Mm -hmm. everyone's just being awful to each other. I wanted it to be lighthearted and fun. And I think I did my job and then I got out of there. There was zero planning in any of that story whatsoever. And I still think the ending of that first part where, for anybody who hasn't seen it, 
So the chief of police falls in love with the leader of the neighborhood watch. Who has no interest in him for so long. Zero. Zero interest. And to impress her, he joins an illegal fight club and accidentally punches a hole through the middle of the champion. He was an elderly man. <laughs> and he it's died. Like a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, like a warm loaf of bread. He punches <laughs> straight through the crust uh, and he ends up losing his job. And I went into that stream where I lose my job with the plan of I'm going to, because I didn't want. So New Lisa Life, who played Brenda, who was the person he was in love with, I didn't want to kind of ruin her story mm-hmm. by just disappearing. I wanted to give her an ending to it. So I, I, I organized, are you going to be on tonight? Because I just want to meet you as Tenpenny. And I was just going to be like, I've killed a guy. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to go up north and I'm never going to come back. And then she was like, well, I'll come with you then. And that just threw me completely. It was beautiful because it meant... That your performance was perfect because you, as Tenpenny, you were genuinely shocked that she's going to come with you. Everyone yeah. watching was like, what? <laughs> this has been the unrequited love story for of this whole period of the server. And then she's like, I'll come with you, Jimmy. <laughs> it's like, Yeah. And like everything that happened after that then was just, it turned in from what I, I wanted to be this like kind of sad tragedy of this guy who made some mistakes going off, living on his own to this weird sitcom of this absolute loser (laughs) with the woman of his dreams who could do so much better than him putting up with him not having enough money to buy a house him shaving his head again there's so many things in that that just happened naturally that you didn't you couldn't access the money or whatever that just made 10 penny look like such an idiot and yeah absolutely the bank thing going back and forward to the bank about eight times taking my hood off and the hair was just gone yeah it was like there was zero planning in that zero that's amazing i can't take any credit for it that has to go to like jaffa who played Susie. Uh, new Lisa Life. Again, J- Jaffa and Lisa are two people who who have done a barmer. They've been a, a side character in someone else's story. And I've just been like, I need to watch more of these people. Yeah. And they're, they're amazing because I saw them through your streams. And Brat to an extent as well. I knew Brat a bit from Rust because we were neighbours at one point. But yeah, he was another one that I watched teaming up a lot with R- Rub. And the, yeah, it was yeah amazing. Yeah, so many like- amazing creatives. I can't believe the amount of talent in that server. So if anybody's listening to this and they fancy ever getting into, if anything I've said has interested you at all, Quiet City is is the server. Just throw me a yeah. DM on Twitter and I'll send you all the details. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on Twitter as 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 well, so you can follow them on Twitter. But, well, speaking of that then, how do you f- 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 find these things? Because things seem to come in waves. Like there was a period where everyone was playing Rust and there was a period where I was watching, as said, Tens of hours, maybe a day of Quiet City, but then n- n- not so much at the moment. Like, how do you find that for you as a, as a streamer, that there'll be periods where everyone's on here and then they won't, and then they'll come back to it. And again, that's the beauty of having different characters or stories that end at certain points is you can return at some point. How do you find that? And how do you b- kind of balance what you're in the mood to play or do and what's actually going to work on stream or work because there's going to be people in there. Because if you were on Quiet City and Jaffa and Lisa and Brat and all these people aren't there, you're going to be kind of wandering around just confused. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. So 
there was a period in time of when Rust was first starting to end. That's all I'd streamed. And I was getting really worried. I thought, mm. am I just going to have to pack it in? Like, are people going to want to see me play anything else? Or am I just going to be the Rust guy from now on? Mm. That guy who was popular one time playing Rust and then disappeared forever. Which, it's a valid fic because I, as, as a viewer, I didn't know. Because I'm like, I love everything you, you do in Rust, but I don't really know anything else about you. I don't know if I want to w- yeah. w- watch you play in whatever other game, you know, if it doesn't yeah, click. And, and, and like, I've always tried to just... It's the reason I've never had any like other kind of, other than the role play stuff, anything that's really stuck is because I just kind of throw things at the wall. And if it's not exciting for me to do, I'm not going to stay with it. Mm. Um, like I could just carry on playing Rust forever, but it doesn't excite me anymore. I feel like I've yeah. rinsed that as much as I can. So for now, for now, it will come back. Rust <laughs> always, will, always comes always back. Comes it back always there, comes man. back. <laughs> you can't escape it. Um <laughs> I've talked before about what well, should I set up a server and I've decided never I will yeah. never do that it's not worth it yeah never <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so the community does kind of wander around and in terms of the role playing stuff it's why I always try and have a beginning middle and end to all the stories rather than a lot of people treat it like a soap opera where the character will just carry on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever mm-hmm. but I can't do that I, can't, I have to tell like a full story and I suppose that's good and bad because it means I get a good story but then I've got to come up with something else I've got to move on that character's put to the side it's really interesting because it depends on the individual doesn't it because like yeah n- not nice David is Kennedy it only occurred to me the other day he's own as far as I know he's only ever been Kennedy in there and it's just this ongoing yeah amazing character but then I, I just, I'm, tr- I'm trying to j- just give more and more people sh- a shout outs here but Hutch, it blew my mind when I found out who yeah. was playing Adrenaline or who who else they played because Adrenaline was one of my favourite characters that came out of nowhere. I'm like, who is this? This is amazing. And then it turns out I've watched that streamer play someone else for weeks on end and just, yeah, wouldn't have connected the two. So Hutch is a, is a really, really good example. So shout out to it, he, Mr. Hutch the Clutch on, on Twitch. He's the current chief of police. Yes. And like that is where the long... Deep more, yeah. Um, that is where a long-term character really has the benefit over my like kind of shorter-term ones mm. because he's gone from being a recruit in the police, dealing with Tenpenny as his mentor, being this absolute rogue. Then he's gone through all of the stuff with like he was like an enemy of Rub for a long, long while. Then he went through as Adrenaline with Take Heart. But if you just lined up the Deep More character from the beginning of the server to now, it's had this full journey. I can't say that with any of mine mm. really. Yeah, because I I just do these like quick month bursts and then I move on to somebody else. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Rub, and I'm aware. Honestly, we're going to move on in a minute because so many people are probably going. <laughs> I don't know what these guys are talking about. This doesn't make any sense. But Rub was such a good character because you could get across, or you, you could play the role of a badass, but not actually have to be that horrible to anyone because he's not that good at being a badass, if you know what I mean. So I think it it balances yeah. perfectly with y- you as a human of like, I, w- I want to play a character who isn't just kind of nice and friendly, but equally, I don't want to hurt anyone's f- feelings. So he's he's the perfect character for that because he'll fail it at all, at all points anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. Playing a criminal in Grand Theft Auto, it goes one of two ways. You're either a bit of a prick Mm-hmm. Or you're like a lovable rogue. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to try and stick him right in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to try and make it so that he's he's a bastard. Like, nobody likes yeah. him. He's got no friends. All his friends leave him because he's a bossy little 
asshole. But he's not going to make anybody feel intimidated either. He's not going to like yeah. be too threatening. And he, he's easily my favorite character to play. He's in the middle of 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 Taft's versions of Ralph, the kind of the split yeah. personality of. Of, of Ralph, of the absolute l- 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 lovable to the absolute arsehole. But yeah, yeah, it yeah. must be fun to play, right? Because again, you can just get up to any hijinks because there's nothing that he wouldn't go, oh, let's go and do that. Let's go and rob a jewellery store or, or let's go bowling. You know, both are perfectly reasonable. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's very rare to be able to do that with a character. Like with Tenpenny, it was kind of restrictive because he was, he's, he's, not, he's not a very good person, but he's not a criminal. He's not just going to go off and start doing robberies. Take Heart was like this. You know, I'm not even going to talk about Take Heart because that just took on a life of its own that it should never have gone down anyway. (laughs) It was possessions and all sorts. Never mind. I won't talk about that. (laughs) But with Rub, it was just, it was a freedom. The game became like a sandbox. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I feel like in terms of personality wise, Rub's probably the closest to me in terms of just, he's an attention seeking, not very, not very skilled guy who who <laughs> thinks he's cooler than he actually is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I mean, <laughs> to s- speak on these short story type r- runs with these characters or these limited story runs with these characters. And again, to go back to the reason I think you're the best streamer in the world is when you tie up things like Rub's story, that was such a cinematic journey because you do prepare stuff like you'll have some music... Lined up for this drive and things like that, and you'll end up having an end credits and introduce the next character after yeah. it again. The the beauty of that, like in in MMA, Chow Sonnen always says, in your post fight interview when you've won your fight, you should be picking your next opponent immediately because the audience are going to move on otherwise. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's the, the the beauty of that. Every time you end a character, you don't just go, "That's the end. I'll be back next week." You quickly go, "Here's who's to come." Here's the next person that we're going to follow. So how is it creating all that stuff and having that creative outlet to to really play about with what can be done on on a stream? I think that's some of my favourite stuff to do, mostly because I'm not that good at it. So I have to come up with weird workarounds because I don't know how to do video editing. I don't know how to like add effects to things. So I I did one where I did like a new, I did a fake character reveal where I pretended like the character I was going to play was going to be this horrible right-wing bigot. And then he ended up driving right into a petrol station and exploding. (laughs) And there was a new story that then introduced the next character. (laughs) Amazing. Um, I love it. And being able to kind of get around that stuff, Twitch is perfect for it because Mm. you can set up all these different layers and you get this like live reaction. So there is nothing better than when I've set up some kind of cinematic moment like that. I press play and I just get to sit back and just watch the chat, just react to it. Yeah. Um, Because there's no pressure to perform. There's something mad about it, isn't it? Because again, I think it's really interesting. And this is now turning into a big advert for Twitch, but TV has become more and more disposable because of the nature of, we'll be waiting months for a show. It'll all come out at once. We'll binge it in one weekend and then we'll move on. The one thing that still has that energy is live TV and that tends to be sports. There's still that excitement to tune in and watch live. You know, everyone's watching at the same time. There's some combination of that on Twitch and it's what intrigues me the most. It's, it's why I've kind of played with, or with some more cinematic stuff is because you are doing this kind of pre-planned or thought-out thing, but you're getting that live reaction and you can then save it and people can can watch it forever long but i completely agree the exciting part is that 
a lot. I've had stuff that, that I've gone on to upload on YouTube that's had thousands of views, but none of them are as exciting as the 200 people who were there live. That was the real yeah. buzz, was this. There was 200 people there who were experiencing this live and reacting in chat, and you're getting to see all of that, and it's a it's a mad platform. I think it's, it's really exciting for the creativity that can be pulled out there. I think you're the first person I've ever seen do a fake live stream. Yeah. And just as soon as I saw you do that, I just thought, this is literally revolutionary on, on this media. Well, that was the beauty of... The beauty of that kind of thing was coming into it kind of as a non-gamer and going, oh, right, this is known as a gaming platform, but really it's a broadcasting yeah. channel. Like, like you've got... You can broadcast essentially what you want within the terms of service. Within reason, um, yeah. <laughs> But you've got this control, so why would you only g- game on it? Again, the pandemic saw a lot of comedians go over there and R- Richard Herring does podcasts on there and talk shows and Ian Lee and loads of other people do really interesting things. But yeah, as a, a TV and, f- and film nerd, my instant thing was going, all right, how can I how can I turn this into a live TV show, a live production? And yeah, that ended up being a fake live stream that... That went surprisingly with, well. <laughs> and with fake technical difficulties as well, yeah. which was absolutely genius. You had everybody in the chat trying to help you fix your stream while you were just sat there laughing at us all. Absolutely. We were all I'd, trying to help. I'd spent years <laughs> of establishing myself as a, 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 a fucking idiot. I can't turn up and do a smooth stream. Everyone will, will see through me right away. So, yeah. It was so good. It was, it was one of those things where like, as soon as I, I'd finished that live stream, I was like, thank God I watched that live. Yeah, because everybody kind of knew what was going on by the time you watched like the vods and things. But yeah. just you had to be there. And it was it such was a one. It was fantastic. such a weird one to promote because of exactly that. I was like, I can't show my hand and make it obvious that there's something weird going on. But I yeah. want as many people in there as as possible. And again, obviously, we're giving tons of shout outs, but Llama deserves the biggest shout out of them all. And it was Llama and Ad who were helping me on that one, kind of as a behind the scenes in the chat thing. And Llama's key in your community, I feel, in my yeah. community, in all the communities I've been in. So, yeah, it's a hell of a thing. I make fun of Llama as a joke. I make fun of Ad as a joke as well. But but honestly, Llama, should, if there was awards for, for just fucking good eggs in Twitch, give them all to Llama. Give them completely all. completely agree. And the annoying <laughs> part is there's going to be people that we've not sh- shouted out in all of this. but it's Because we don't yeah. like them as much. There's, there's that. That's the main reason. <laughs> to round things up, I want to talk a little bit about a, a Sunday night shite fights because everything I've talked about so far is kind of in your past. Whereas yes. this is the thing that it seems to have taken over from everything else because you did one and it was great. And then it's like, yeah. right, this is now your main thing. And it's also worth mentioning because I'm involved in it. So for, for my listeners, it's a, it's a good sell. So tell the listeners and me a little bit about a Sunday night shite fights. So you mentioned before about how like TV's kind of fallen behind apart from these live sporting events. Mm-hmm. And I thought the exact same thing as well. And I I put on just as a one-off, I, I played the wrestling game WWE 2K22 and I made a Royal Rumble and I said, anybody can just kind of chip in. And if you want to pick a number out of a hat and be in this Royal Rumble, you can. And we'll have just the AI fight each other. And you're and just commentating. Was, Again, yeah. that's the beauty of this. Is Me and... Dolan have talked a lot about the beauty of this stream is all the work goes in beforehand and then you get to just commentate. And obviously there's 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 things that go wrong or whatever, but that's 
all all the beauty of it. So it's a genius yeah. stream because you don't actually have to play any games. You just get to go and. It's just as fun for me as it is for everybody else because I'm watching it as well. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. You're watching it happen live, yeah. So I think in terms of commentary, it helps a lot because I can get excited. I can get like annoyed when people mm. when, when matches don't go well and we can have the discussion of like, did we start this match again? Like I use the audience as a bit like a referee. Like, like what, what should we do in this situation? Because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I've put the planning in beforehand and then I just press play and I just let the game do the rest. So, so yeah, again... So to be clear, in the game, you've created a load of people from the community. You've yes. also brought in people like a Mr. Blobby and Kermit the Frog. But anyone yes. who's listening and thinks that sounds cute, tune in. Tune yeah. in and see how cute that comes across in this game, yeah. in these versions. But you've put all these people in and the computer is playing against the computer. So you don't know how the match is going to go. You don't know what the result will be. You don't know how long the match will be. And you're just there commentating. And then at the end of each week now you have to kind of plan next week's stories and story because there's storylines in there there's people feuding all this kind of thing yes yeah, so so the character i've come up with jimmy mcbarmer is my kind of narrative rod that i'm using to kind of mm. push these stories wherever i can so it helped me promote like llamas a bit as you said his name there just cuz scroobius Pip, <laughs> the character in game is not a fan of jimmy mcbarmer <laughs> there he is he can make an appearance. I've got the, the glasses sunglasses and the, on and the microphone, <laughs> the microphone ready at all times. <laughs> the microphone was sent to me by Adadad as well. Yeah. So big shout out to Ad for that. So, so the thing I love the most about it is I've been a huge fan of wrestling forever. Mm. And so getting to play this like booker and getting to play this like heel general manager yeah. and then getting to be the commentator is like a dream come true anyway. And then the matches themselves have turned out to be so much better than if two people were playing them. Because yeah. there's no exploits. There's no like kind of like shady business. Yeah. It's just the computer doing its best to put on a good match. And when it fucks up, it's funny. Because it's, yeah. it's just done this stupid thing. You, I know at the weekend, everyone was waiting ages for Barmer to be tagged in. And then you finally got tagged in and threw a knee and missed and then got punched in the face kind of thing. It was like, yeah. there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Like like some of the matches. Um, so last week we had a, a Royal Rumble where I had some people come out and I could kind of decide who comes out in what position. So that helps me kind of try and manipulate the story a little bit. And I thought it would be really fun if you won that Royal Rumble. So I'll make you come out last. But then Ant the Beast, who came out, I think, seventh, just destroys everybody. I can't control that. Mate, I want to give a public ap- apology to Shitehawk because I'm a big <laughs> fan of watching him. And in the moment, I got caught up and eliminated him. And then it was just yeah. me and Antler Beast. And one-on-one, it's a tough battle. But yeah. yeah, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> but like, being able to have the game kind of help me make these stories, yeah. it's just been so much fun. And having people get so enthusiastic and like like yourself sending through like promos for me to play during the thing. I was going to say, there's the big blur of reality of as soon as I was in it, I had to make a video. So I had a promo after what happened in my first week. And all these are available on your VODs and, and stuff they like are. that. I'm going to get them on YouTube as well. And B. Dolan... Llama and Ad, I think, were two of the first to send yeah. in, in 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 videos. And again, it's a beautiful thing. You get people like Pickleby who've done a week after week journey of their return to yeah. so in in game uh, fighting. And yeah, it's a hell of a thing, right? And I've I've used it to try and tell a little bit more RP stories as well because I've got some of my characters from GTA in there. Yes. Now, originally, it was supposed to kind of be canon 
but now we've got people who are dead still fighting, so we can't do that. <laughs> and again, the beauty there, it's this strange thing, because again, whilst I keep saying all of this, I think, is accessible to everyone, there will also be things that if you tune in for the first time, you're going to go, what the fuck, the fuck is going on? Why are people losing their shit? Because yeah. Rub's turned up. I don't know who Rub is, but there's been numerous points. When Brenda walked out, man, the, the pop, the pop from exactly, the, yeah. the crowd was so amazing. Good. But again, it's it's that beautiful balance of I think there's so much that you can get as a new viewer, but you will get so much more the more you you stick around. David Earl used to say, as Brian Gittins on his podcast, he used to say, "If you've tuned in, you're not enjoying it. Honestly, just give it." 40, 50 episodes, and then <laughs> then you'll get in the swing of it. <laughs> but it's kind of true with a lot of these things. When they are character-based, yeah. the more you watch, the more you're, you're finishing an episode and wondering about what's going to happen next week in this fucking AI-controlled <laughs> wrestling yeah. computer games. And what's good about it is it tells really bad stories sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, Cade came back with a brand-new look, brand-new persona, lost yeah, straight away. Terrible Done an amazing story. IRL video to promote <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it. Lost immediately. S- story killed. Yep, like just it. that whole build. That whole build up to that. Like the, the first bad match we ever had was the first match I actually did like separate promotion for, and it was a cage match between Llama and Cade. It oh, lasted cool. less than a minute. It was a yeah. terrible, boring match. Like they didn't use the cage ever. But like <laughs> these are the things I can't predict. I can't yeah. predict them. I love it. So, I mean, to kind of, of wrap things up, what's ahead? Is is there anything that you've got in mind that you want to do that you haven't done? What's your kind of plans? Or are you just focused on, right, at the moment, it's sh- shite fights and whatever else you fancy. You know, what's the plan? At the minute, at the minute, I'm primarily shite fighting. Because mm-hmm. we've got, here's a big promo, we've got shite fight 10 coming up this week. Brilliant. It's going to be a big one. Love it. I've got a couple of projects I'm working on. I have a podcast that I'm hopefully going to record some more episodes for with Marilyn Robertson, Amazing. the comedian we mentioned earlier. We've done yep. two episodes of that already. It's called Bit of a Moment, but we've not released them yet. Um, Bit that of a Moment. That's perfect. That could be Bit of a noted down. <laughs> and I've also been dipping my toes into other GTA servers. So there's a new server come out called Ignite, which is set in the 1980s. So I've kind of made younger versions of my previous characters in this. Oh, wow. You were Um, streaming that last night, right? I didn't catch it. I saw the notification. Yeah, so I just wanted to test out what it was like. So I made a young take heart last night. Yeah. Um, I was going to make him like this really nerdy guy, but then I found a jacket that had a big heart on it dripping off some fangs. So now he's a vampire. Uh, Obviously. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going Lost Boys with it now. (laughs) Trust the process. Absolutely. It was just the whole <laughs> the whole jacket just turned the story around. Completely. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to try and get back into more role play stuff because I have taken a break from like everyday streaming just to focus on the shite fight things and obviously life stuff going yeah. on. But I'm in a point right now where I've got some time. So I'm going to try and get back into regular role play streams with shite fight on the weekends with some podcasts dripped in wherever. I love it. And where can people... F- find you on Twitch and on, on socials? How can they keep up to date with the plethora of things that we've detailed here? It's Barmer Live on Twitter. It's Barmer, just Barmer, B-A-L-M-E-R on Twitch because I got partnered and they let me have my own name. Love it. <laughs> and then watch your YouTube as well because there's loads that can be watched there of previous stories. 
think my YouTube is Barma Live. Oh no, it's Barma TTV. Barma TTV on, on, on YouTube. Well, that's fantastic. And thank you very much for taking the time, man. As I said, it's, uh, it's been, been lovely to catch up and chat. And it's so weird with these things because w- we've never really had a proper conversation in the real world before until now. But we've no. chatted loads in different games or through chats or through comment sections. So It's always been one-sided, but from one point of view, it's, yeah. it's strange. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. I've enjoyed, this has been nice. This, it's not felt like that. Good, it's been good, good. good. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and I'm excited You're more than for all welcome. that is ahead. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was episode 514. And that didn't get too confusing, right? I know there was a few bits where we were talking really about stuff that a lot of you'll have no clue on, but I think we kept it interesting. I think you could hear from my excitement. And I was, as you saw, I was really conscious, as I promised I would be, that every time we went down a slight rabbit hole, pulled back on those reins and um, explained what the hell we were getting excited about. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Get into some Barmer, I tell you. And if you do, you let him know where you heard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You let him know where you heard. I talked about Barmer on the Alistair Green episode. So go back and listen to that if you get a chance. And go back and listen to the two-part Limmy episode, because that's fantastic. That was before he was even on Twitch. And the Blind Boy episode, who's another great Twitch streamer. I've had Ad 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 on to talk about Pod Bible, another Twitch streamer. So yeah, there's loads in the back catalogue is what I'm saying. And there's going to be more next week. So until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.